good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening, whether you are watching this on YouTube, listening to this on wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you very, very much for tuning in to another episode of Shoot the J. It has been 13 days, but by the time this goes up, it'll have been 14 days since my last episode of Shoot the J. In light of everything going on, there just hasn't really been, believe it or not, much for me to talk about. But uh, the show must go on. Eventually, I got to start pumping out some stuff. So today will be the first episode of a however long series um, we're going to be naming uh, one player from each team in the NBA uh, that I think is underrated. And underrated by my standards means this. If you are hypothetically a Kings fan uh, and you think Harry Giles uh, is like one of the – I'm sorry, not Harry Giles. Rashawn Holmes has been like one of the best players on our team this season. Um, look, I know you know that, but believe it or not, a lot of people don't know how good Rashawn Holmes has been. So this is sort of like a on a national scale. Uh, are people paying attention to this player? No, they're not. Well, they probably should be because they're actually really, really good. So Kings fans, I know you think Rashawn Holmes is really good. A lot of people don't know that, though. So without further ado, today we're going to start with the Central Division. Hit close to home. I figured that's probably pretty on brand for me to do that. We're going to start with the Detroit Pistons. And when I asked this question the other day, a lot of people were saying, uh, Svi, it's not a bad answer. I actually kind of agree with you a little bit. A lot of people were saying Luke. And I don't want to get on those people more than I did the other day. And I'm just going to kind of regurgitate the exact same thing that I said to those people the other day. Look, nobody loves Luke Kennard more than I do. But once you arrive at a point where teams are specifically scheming against you as an individual to keep the ball out of your hands and to slow down your game, you are no longer underrated. Like, you are past that point. Um, and that's sort of where Luke is at. Had he been able to play at all this season, uh, the, the Pacers game, the opener, um, on the road was a pretty good precursor as to what he probably would have done this year. A guy who was getting more confident with his shot selection, uh, he's developing as a playmaker, and he's even getting a little bit better defensively. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see that. Luke Kennard is not underrated. The answer is Bruce Brown, a guy who just sort of randomly emerged as like this jack-of-all-trades player for the Pistons. Uh, he's probably our backcourt's best rebounder. He just sort of randomly became like exit Stanley Johnson, enter Bruce Brown as the Pistons' best on-ball defender. And the thing that they have in common is they don't really have that much of an offensive game. What I will say about Bruce Brown is his is coming along a lot faster than it did with Stanley. Like Stanley was in year four and still had trouble making layups. And that was, we all love Stanley. Well, not all of us did. I love Stanley Johnson. I was just watching his highlights the other night. Stanley Johnson was amazing. And I loved him, even though he wasn't very good. He was a really, really good defender with Bruce. It's like his three point shot is finally coming along a little bit. Um, you know, if, especially from the corner, that's like his sweet spot. He can take the ball to the rim. Sometimes you're not really all that mad about it, but at the end of the day, if there's five guys on the floor, Bruce is still probably your sixth best option. Uh, he's a guy who can defend multiple positions. Um, he's great. And he, he should be primarily playing point guard. Unfortunately, he's Casey wants him playing the two, then the one. And that's dumb to me. Should probably prioritize him as a point guard since he was the second player to ever put up a triple double in the summer league behind Lonzo ball. Um, can we just make Bruce Brown a point guard next team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it really pains me to even talk about them. Uh, believe it or not, as somebody who talks about them as, as frequently as I do, this is going to shock a lot of people. Most people are going to say, well, you're just going to say Colin Sexton. I'm not because of how good he was to close out the season. I say that loosely, you know what I mean? It's not Colin Sexton. It's also not Darius Garland because he's not a good basketball player. It's Jetty Osmond. And I know that the thing with me has been to always get on him. And I think I've flat out said that he's not a good basketball player before. He is. I know that he is. I think one of the problems is that one of his best abilities is his cutting. 
and for an offense that, and I've, I've said this a hundred times, for an offense that just is this contingent on these high pick and rolls and these absolutely absurd isolations between uh, Garland and Sexton. Excuse me. Jetty is often relegated into this role where he just kind of stands off the ball and a lot of his scoring opportunities come off catch and shoots. That sounds really dumb. Catch, But you can't say catch and shots. His catch and shoot opportunities is generally where he's you know utilized. And to end the season, again, in quotes, for the Cavs, that's kind of primarily what he was doing. I think he was shooting like 42% on catch and shoots. Um, again, that just sounds so stupid. He's getting a little bit better defensively. He was kind of starting to pick it up. The thing with, with Jetty is it's like, yeah, he would obviously be better utilized on a different team, but it is what it is in Cleveland, and he is pretty good for them. Sometimes. He's a guy like like Devontae Graham, how I said he has a shooting threshold of, I think, like 14 shots. And then he's just bad. Jetty's is like 12. And once he hits 12 shots, he's either shooting upwards of 60% or like 30%. So he's either chucking or he's actually playing. Um, he's on fire, right? There's no like, he's playing shooting 40%, like 43%. Like he's just doing all right. Like, no, he's either amazing or he's not. More often than not, he's not great. Uh, he just randomly will just have these like seven assist games. And then over his next 10, we'll have seven total. Like he's just such this random guy. This, this like these random nights because Cleveland doesn't know how to utilize him and it stinks. This is why I said he's been he'd be really good in Philadelphia. Onto the Pacers, throw a parade if you want. Jetty Osmond, the Cleveland Cavaliers' most underrated player. Onto the Indiana Pacers, and I was talking to Ethan about this formerly from eight points nine seconds. I don't believe he's there anymore. He's not. Um, we agreed it's Aaron Holiday from the Pacers. And to be honest, that is probably the correct answer. At the end of the day, like it is, it is probably Aaron Holiday. I think you could also maybe say Jeremy Lamb, maybe say Jeremy Lamb, but it's probably going to be Aaron Holiday. You want to know what my answer is though, and it's the wrong one, but it's what I believe. I still think it's Sabonis. I really do. You want to talk about a guy who, when the when the final returns come out on the All Star voting, and we we find out, okay, Sabonis is actually an All Star. First of all, uh, he deserved it. But you had so many people saying that he was literally the most undeserving all-star in the history of basketball, which was the most outlandish thing that I'd ever heard in my life. And it made me very, very angry. He is an insane rebounder. And uh, a, a Brogdon Sabonis pick and roll is probably the most lethal combination in basketball. And I've been saying that for a few months now. And it's just true. If the aliens come down and they're like, someone needs to execute a flawless pick and roll or else we're like Independence Daying this whole planet. I'm getting Malcolm Brogdon and DeMontis Sabonis. I'm not getting LeBron and AD. I'm getting Sabonis and Brogdon. And good for the Pacers, too. Brogdon's been great. He's been, you know. And I was wrong. The Bucks didn't need him. I was wrong about that. Shout out to... Well, I don't want to say the person's name because we're going to get to him in a minute. I still think it's Sabonis. So, I'm wrong, but that's okay. Then you want to move on to the Bulls? Um, sound like Kermit. Who do you want me to say? You want me to say Wendell Carter Jr.? You want me to say Laurie Markkinen? He was bad this year. He regressed. You want me to say Sadoransky? No, maybe in Washington, not in Chicago. Like, even if I, as somebody who even lives here, like, people just don't care. You ask, like, oh, who do you like on the Bulls? And they're like, Kobe White. So I guess we're going to say Kobe just because on a national level, he wasn't covered at all until he had that amazing, like, late January to, I think, early March stretch. And it was like the, the Kobe White Hive that emerged in late March and early April of last year, just before the draft, after he was amazing in, in, in the NCAA tournament, gets drafted by the Bulls, stock, draft stock is through the roof, and then he's bad to open the season for the Bulls, and then the Hive kind of goes away, and I was included in that. And then he just we rise from the ashes, and now Kobe White's back. 
we're just going to say Kobe White because everyone on the Bulls is a travesty. Someone can give me their opinion on that because for me, I'm not going to say anybody's underrated. They're all just bad, except Zach Levine and Kobe White. Now we're going to move on to the Milwaukee Bucks. And when I asked Bucks fans about this the other day, well, I asked everybody, but when Bucks fans gave me their answers, uh, Robin Lopez was a really popular one. And I actually, I don't, I don't want to say you're wrong, but you are. Um, it's not a great answer, but it's like, a, it's like, okay, I get what you're saying. Here's what I'll say about if you're picking Robin Lopez as the, the Bucks' most underrated player, look, I don't think that that title should go to someone who is capable of being played off of the floor in really crucial games. I think back to uh, the Lakers game, the most recent matchup, and Robin Lopez was just ineffective. I just feel like it wasn't that Lakers game. But it was definitely that Lakers game. And Robin Lopez was just super ineffective. Maybe it was the Kings game. I don't remember. I think it was the Lakers game, though. And he just, like, he couldn't play in that game. It was him and Kyle Korver literally just could not play in that game. They were really, really bad. I'm going to say it's Dante DiVincenzo. I genuinely believe it's him. A legitimate three-point threat. I think back to the Boston game that they had earlier this year where he's just given Marcus Smart buckets for like four, three or four possessions in a row, I think, to close out the first half. It was late in the second quarter. Dante DiVincenzo was just lighting up Marcus Smart, one of the NBA's best on-ball defenders, and DiVincenzo just didn't care. He literally didn't care. And I've said this a hundred times. I've put a hand up at this point, and I've said, look, I, I was wrong about Dante DiVincenzo. I thought he was like a... Uh, uh, remember Luke Hancock in the 2013 the national championship game uh, for Louisville against Michigan everyone's like oh this guy is basically just like Kevin Love because he was hitting a million threes and then you never heard from him ever again that's what I thought Dante DiVincenzo was I didn't pay that much attention to him at Villanova until the tournament and then he has that game against Michigan and I was like oh wow this guy's actually not that bad game's probably not going to translate at the next level even through last year I wouldn't I wouldn't buy into it this year I was finally like okay yeah uh, this guy he can play he's not bad and he's amazing. He can turn it on defensively if he needs to. He's a guy who I think legitimately could probably start on all 30 NBA teams. I like genuinely believe that. And that may be like a super exaggeration. And maybe I'm insane for thinking that. But I genuinely do. And the Bucks fans who are like, look, he's got, he also just has such solid vision. And like he can put the ball on the floor if he needs to. Go to the rack. Bucks fans are worried that like, oh, well, we're going to be flirting with the luxury tax for the next decade. Dante DiVincenzo is going to leave us. I don't think you're insane to think that, but I think with DiVincenzo, it's like if he's going to be in the sixth man role, which you may argue that George Hill's in that role, whatever. Um, or, well, it depends on who they put there. But like if, if Dante DiVincenzo ends up being in a sixth role, then it's like you have this championship window with Milwaukee that's like seven years long, possibly, if not like just for the rest of the decade. I mean, obviously they're going to have to get some different pieces, but as it stands, if they were, you you know what I mean? With Giannis, and if Mike Budenholzer sticks around, and even DiVincenzo, like, they're going to be great. Um, So we're just going to recap really quick. Pistons. It's Bruce Brown. I feel good about that one. The Cavs. Yeah, it's um, it's Jetty. Uh, and then the Pacers. Sabonis with, like, an asterisk. And then in parentheses, uh, Aaron Holiday. The Bulls. I don't know. And then the Bucks. We're going to say Dante DiVincenzo, and I also feel comfortable about that. And maybe all of these picks are really bad. Maybe they're all really bad. I think one of these picks was actually good, and it was Bruce Brown. I don't think the Pacers pick was good. Let me just go on the record and say this. It is Aaron Holiday. Aaron Holiday is the most underrated Pacer. I wish Sabonis got more uh, credit 
and more recognition from these national outlets for what he's done this season. He deserved every penny of that extension that he got. Bulls, I didn't even give him one. It's not good content. And then the Bucks is a guy who, like most people know, is pretty good. I, don't, I actually don't think enough people know how good he is. So that's the episode, folks. If you made it this far, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much for listening. feels good to be back. I will catch you guys in the next one.